happy to have with us today to discuss some some very important and uh, not very comfortable issues happening in our area uh, recently and and that were, are, are coming up. So, uh, Janet uh, Janet Sari Yorindi Gonzalez uh, is with us. Janet, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Bruce. You totally botched up my name, but that's yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I, I I know the the Urindi part I knew, but and I'm and I was yeah I should have asked about about the rest of it. So I apologize for that. Um, okay. Thank you for your patience with that. Um, and so we 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 talked briefly before the show about the fact that there's so much going on that it. I was telling you it's hard for me to formulate a question. So I, I I'm gonna sort of leave it open to you we, we've had some very disturbing events um tragic and events is not the right word right um assaults uh, violent behavior so can you uh, talk to us about about what happened and and where we are with the white supremacy and, and racism and the public response to it and then we can go from there yeah it's it is really challenging to like you said, narrow it down to one question because so much of this encompasses so many different parts of it. Um, And what it boils down to essentially is what you stated clearly, and it is a very uncomfortable reality and an uncomfortable topic for a lot of us to actually confront and face head on. But when we're talking about the suppression of, um, of the folks in our community that are folks of color, that are black, that are indigenous, that are people of color, it boils down to the clear topic of white supremacy and how that manifests not only in activism, but in our government, in our local elected government, in our um, city leaders, in our police department, um, with our new chief of police. Uh, There's so much that goes into this one topic that has so many different moving parts. But, uh, again, you know, the point being is that what the black, indigenous, and people of color community, uh, what's known as, you know, the acronym BIPOC, what we're experiencing today are manifestations of white supremacy in all of its forms. All right. So I'm just wondering, can we use as sort of a, a jumping-off point to get into more detail the events that happened Saturday? Uh, there was a... A gathering, right? It, it wasn't even from my. I wasn't there. I wasn't able to be there. But from my understanding, it was really. It was just a gathering. People hanging out to have some food and enjoy each other. Um, right. That was then. Uh, I right. confronted. Yeah. Can you can you talk about that? Yeah. Sure. So I, I myself was not present. I've had some um, medical issues happening with family members, and so I was unable to attend. Um, the folks that are organizing and leading the Black Lives Matter movement here in Central Oregon uh, know and understand that they have not only my personal and unwavering support, but also that of the organization that I lead, which is Mecca Bend. Um, we stand with the black community. We stand with their resistance and with their protests of peace and unity in our community. And that was made very clear, um, as you said, this weekend when they gathered at a park uh, not wanting to disclose their location ahead of time to avoid confrontation from the opposition of, you know, anti-BLM movement supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, they posted later on in the afternoon that they would be at Pilot View Park, and it would be a moment of unified gathering, food, drinks, uh, family events, music, etc. 
When it, what ended up happening, from what I understand, late Saturday afternoon, once they posted their location, um, the Trump rally also decided to hold their gathering at the same park. That in itself is conflicting enough for us to know why they chose to show up at the same location. Um, and I think that for those of us that are in an activist role in our community, understand that these are the tactics that they use. Um, what happened there, I can't speak to. I was not present. I did not witness it. I, I, I see the posts and, and read the stories of what happened. Um, and what it boils down to is, the, again, the toxic display of white supremacy by, by these folks that feel entitled um, to show up to disrupt the peace, um, to shove their own beliefs and their views, whether it's political or moral, uh, onto folks that are there to gather in solidarity and in unity of each other. Um, the, the BIPOC community is known for having and sharing much of the same oppression, much of the same struggles, and much of the same hate and violence that we experience within our own communities. And when the opposing sides show up in force the way that they did, we know that there's only one goal in their mind, and that is to, again, disrupt that peaceful gathering um, from the pictures and images being shared, it's clear to see that there was uh, an altercation that broke out among the Trump rally itself with one gentleman accusing another one of eliciting inappropriate pictures from his daughter. Um, that in itself was separate from the BLM movement, but that obviously created some chaos on that side. So what I believe is when Ben PD showed up is all of these things were already happening and they, and they um, showed up at a, in the middle of it, not knowing the circumstances and understanding what was happening there. Uh, we, under, we also saw the images being shared of one person in particular that pulled out his, his gun that, sure, he has a right to carry in Oregon and, and he was licensed to carry it, but to point it directly in the faces. Uh, of, the, of the folks gathered to stand up and to say black lives matter because black lives are being oppressed and are being murdered at the hands of white supremacy and white nationalists. For somebody to take that moment um, to, clearly, to clearly show the community, you know, what they stand for, uh, for, for a white supremacist and a white nationalist to be able to brandish their firearm, point it directly at these peaceful protesters, and then for Ben PD to simply talk to the man, confiscate the weapon, and give him a receipt. Uh, th there was no citation. There was not even a slap on the wrist, from what I could tell. Uh, it is an ongoing and open investigation, but um, it clearly demonstrated not only the position of Ben PD, but also our elected officials with the statements that were released recently about that about the weekend and the events that happened. All right, so that was a that was a a great uh, summary, and I agrees with some some of the things I saw by looking at some of the videos. Again, I wasn't there. Um, really comports with with what you just said. Can you talk about, you mentioned the response of local public officials. Can you talk about that response and how that resonated uh, with you and, and from your knowledge, other folks in the BIPOC community here? So one of the things that uh, the city of Bend released, they, they released a statement, um, I believe it was Thursday or Friday last week prior to this mm -hmm. weekend, um, saying that they 
condemn hate. Uh, they didn't say they condemn white supremacy. They didn't say that they condemn the actions of white supremacists and white nationalists against the BIPOC community. They simply stated they condemn the hatred. Um, and if, if all we're going to talk about is the symptoms and not the cause, then we're never really going to get to the bottom of what's happening, not only in our community, but nationwide and worldwide. Um, the unfortunate part of the statement is that not only did it fall on deaf ears in the BIPOC community who have had months, if not years, of working with our city's government to change the systems of oppression and the systems that they continue to uphold, um, it, it also was a callous remark, and, and I think it was really uh, sort of to save face to the community to say, "Look, we're not racist. We, we, you know, we don't, we don't agree with the hatred." Um, after that statement was released, and everything happened this weekend, Mayor Sally Russell went on to release another statement um, where she said she she was urging the public to to remain calm or to stay calm and not and to resist the urge to express our anger in an aggressive word, in, in aggressive words or acts. Uh, again, what, what, what we know is that um, these messages are simply to placate, I think, to the broader community, to the dominant culture, and to sort of save face. But uh, unfortunately, they're, they're, they're nothing short of silencing the voices of the folks that are actually being violently targeted and attacked by by white supremacy in our community. And it's unfortunate that a lot of folks are waking up to this reality now. Uh, it is something that has happened here historically, not only with the black community, but with the indigenous community. We're very close, obviously, to a reservation um, at Warm Springs. And uh, Central Oregon has some really hard realities to face as far as what has happened historically to these marginalized communities and what continues to happen by remaining silent when these things come up. Um, and that's what we're seeing. That's what I'm seeing, at least from these updates and these press releases and statements from city officials and from our own mayor. Um, they're, they're too afraid to, to admit that this exists here. They're too afraid of the repercussions because there's too much for them to risk. Yeah, while it, communities of no, uh, go ahead, go, go ahead and finish. Yeah, while while communities of color have you know historically faced these things, we 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 put our lives on the line because of the safety of our own kind, of our own communities, of our relatives, of our siblings. Um, and and at this point, you know, it, it it really again is is infuriating and frustrating to see these city officials tell us, stay calm. You know, just just. Just do do it in a peaceful way. Do it in a nice way, and and, and don't don't ruffle the feathers, right? <laughs> no, right. And and that's always that's been the message ever since I I've known about this stuff, right? You know, and I'm 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 not young anymore. Um, it's always been yeah. if you would only do it nicer, uh, you would make more progress. Um, and mm -hmm. that's that's you know, I mean, that's that's really infuriating, and uh, that, that doesn't get told to to white people. Um, and so, and one of the things that I just want to want to touch on, one of the things you said is, because um, I know that I, 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 some white people say, well, why is why is white supremacy back, right? Why is it returned? And I've you know had the pleasure of working with some uh, you know BIPOC activists over the years, you know, ten or twelve years here in town, and it, it, the answer I have is it never it never went anywhere, right? It just mm -hmm. you know it's it's always been here. It's just for for some reason recently there's whether there's more visibility, you know, the cell phone videos, um, uh, 
And does that, I mean, does that ring true to you? Yeah, there's, there's, there's so much complexity around that. Um, right. and, and to put it simply, white supremacy never left. Um, it, it was never hidden. It was never tucked away. It was never silenced. Um, it's been there. And for those that have not been exposed to it from birth until adulthood, it's difficult to see that the communities that are suffering, you know, at the hands of white supremacy and, and, and white nationalism, um, we've been exposed to this, you know, our entire, our, our entire lives. And it shows up in different ways, and it is more severe for some groups than for others or individuals. Um, but what we're seeing today is a combination of things. It's access to information, like you said, cell phone cameras and social media and being able to, you know, post something, go live and see it actually play out in action. Uh, we saw that happen when ICE was in Bend. Uh, we saw the community quickly go to their phones and share those on their feeds so that the entire nation could see what was happening. And and we see it in, in the murdering and the killings of black men throughout the country that are now, you know, dying at the hands of white supremacist police officers. And this information is being shared um, quickly. But another factor is the fanning of the flames. And uh, I think you know what I mean by that in saying that the, the, the flames are being fanned because uh, it is the uncomfortable reality that the white cis hetero male is, a, is a, in danger of you know, becoming a minority. And I don't think anything scarier to a white male than being told you're losing power, you're losing control. Uh, and now it's time for other folks to rise up and to lead and to hold positions of powers that historically have not been given to them. So ICE, right, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, was here. You, you mentioned that a few weeks ago, and there was a large um, counter, uh, I guess, protest and, and resistance action uh, that, that occurred after that. And, and there have been some things that followed. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that's playing out and what people can do if they want to get involved? Yeah, so, you know, we a lot of us saw, a lot of us were present, and if we weren't there in person, we saw the videos and the national coverage that it got. Um, one of the, the most frequently, I think, asked questions that I received is, you know, did you know the family? Is it, is it a family member of yours? Um, you know, uh, do you know them? I'll be very blunt with you, no. I don't have to know a person in order to stand up for their human and civil rights. Uh, and I think that's one thing that the dominant culture fails to realize is that our community of BIPOC folks here in Central Oregon, uh, we stand up for each other, regardless of our affiliation with each other, regardless of us being related somehow. The point being uh, is what we saw on August 12th with ICE uh, was an eye-opening and awakening moment for a lot of folks that truly didn't understand the complexity of immigration and how that works and how it plays out. Um, ICE is known to the Latinx community and the undocumented community as one of the most corrupt terrorist organizations that exist, and I know that's a strong statement that I'm sure I'll get some heat for. <laughs> but um, if we look at, you know, their, their actual tactics and what they do, and, and we understand their systems that are used um, to not only detain but deport families uh, and individuals, uh, it, it is clear now to a lot more folks that not only do they lie 
to gain access to undocumented folks, but they use um, scare tactics and, and other other ways to apprehend them, and 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 they they arrest folks without warrants, and they lie to city officials saying that they do have warrants, and they lie about criminal records. Uh, it's all part of their game, and uh, what we saw that day was a clear demonstration of us as you know folks of color, folks that are you know perhaps. Um, children of immigrant parents or those that know the struggles stand up for for those that didn't weren't able to themselves. The community came together and rallied around these families and offered support in any way that they could. Um, and again, the response from city officials was instead of being there present and actually uh, investigating firsthand what was happening, they you know Sally Russell went on to call these men criminals which was an unfounded statement that she did not verify. Um, so the leadership here has, has, some, has some serious answers to some questions that are burning right now from the community. And they're not going to be nice questions. They're not going to be nice statements that the BIPOC community continues to put out until, until they recognize the, the huge mistakes that are being made and the huge uh, contribution that they're making to upholding systems of white supremacy, such as ICE. Uh, okay, and so um, if you want to get into, I know there are there are things. Well, I guess one question I have is, uh, do you know the the status of the two gentlemen who were detained? Um, one of the gentlemen was released and is back with his family. I cannot comment on uh, the status of his immigration okay. um, case, and and the other one also, uh, I'm not at liberty to say, um, okay. but. One of the things that came out of the ICE protest and ICE presence in Bend on August 12th is that a lot of folks reached out to say, how can we help? How can we actively help? Uh, you know, besides sharing on social media and, and talking about it, what are actionable ways? Um, one of the things that Mecca has done since is partnering with folks like Rural Organizing Project that are leading efforts to expand the network of rapid response that exists in Central Oregon. There's going to be training opportunities for allies to better understand those tactics of ICE and also how to respond, how to identify them, how to help if, if possible in those situations. And uh, so, again, those opportunities are coming up. Um, there is a need for obvious funding of a hotline that's going to be happening soon. Um, but we'll invite we'll invite the community to join in the training to learn more about uh, these opportunities that that are coming up. Okay, and so um, I just we have a, a pretty strong relationship here at KPOV uh, with the Rural Organizing Project. In fact, we're a, we're a member, um, the only community radio station that's actually a member of ROP. So uh, so that's um, that's good to know. So if people is information available at this point. Uh, or a place people can go to start learning more about this. I, I don't know if the the dates are set or things like that, but where can people go yeah. to learn more? Okay. Yeah, just yesterday um, there was um, an email blast that was sent out to Rural Organizing Projects Network um, inviting them to, to the first training um, along with, like, a flyer and graphic. And uh, MechaVend will be posting that information soon as well on our website and social media. Um, but, Yes, there, so there will be more information, and there, and there will be definite dates and times, um, registration links, et cetera, for folks to, to participate in the training. Okay, great. So that would be uh, Mecca Bend, 
uh, website and then also rural organizing project. Not the easiest thing to say, but that one I know <laughs> is right. I always I always stumble yeah. over it. That one is rop dot org. Uh, you can find information. And yours is uh, Mecca Bend is what Janet. Megabend.org. Okay, also. great. So, uh, nice and easy ones to remember. So, we're uh, getting pretty close to the end of our time, at Janet. It always flies by. Is there anything else you'd, you'd like to say before we have to call it a day? Yeah, now more than ever is the time for the allies and accomplices and, and the white folks that, that uh, are, are wanting to, to help to step up and follow the lead in the direction of the communities of color that are already doing the work and have been for, for many years. Uh, there isn't a need to reinvent the wheel or to start separate, you know, organizations or projects or programs. What exists here is already filled with knowledge and wisdom and lived experience, and, and we really need to be uplifting the voices of the, the BIPOC community uh, and, and supporting them in whatever way they ask us to show up for them. All right, great. Thank you uh, so much, Janet, and we uh, really appreciate it. I feel like we get to have these conversations and we barely scratch the surface, but uh, I really appreciate you joining. We'll just have to keep doing it. Um, so, again, thank you very much, Janet. Look forward to our next conversation. Thank you, Bruce. All right, that uh, that is it's a, that's an uncomfortable topic. It's incredibly important to our community to having, you know, a, a safe. Uh, Safe. I don't know if that's the right word. A vibrant community uh, where we can all thrive, every single person. And this, the white supremacy that gets in the way is just a major problem. And for uh, BIPOC people who suffer and have suffered for centuries, really, um, under this under white supremacy. So we'll continue with these conversations again. And I think Janet, she, you, you understand now why I like having her on the air so much.